0: You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported.
1: Community Radio for South Central Indiana.
2: Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Ashley Voss. And I'm Annika Harshberger. This is the WFHB Local News for Tuesday, October 31st, 2023.
3: The headline to this little item is merger of commissions.
4: Later in the program, Dave Askins of the B-Square Bulletin reports on a potential consolidation of several city commissions. More in today's feature report.
5: The purpose of the foster program is to provide a temporary home for companion animals who may have special needs
2: also coming up in the next half hour, we rebroadcast episode 34 of Little Bub's Little Show, a co-production between the WFHB Local News and Little Bub's Big Fund. But first, your local headlines. At the
4: Monroe County Commissioner's meeting on October 25th, Commissioner Penny Githens gave an update on the jail and what they're currently working on.
1: Well, I'd like to give an update on the the jail. Um, I'd like to repeat for the public that we have not identified uh, a location yet, and we're continuing to explore different options. Um, We did receive a 245-page report with a phase one environmental site assessment on the Thompson property, which we are currently in the process of trying to to dig through, and we're still awaiting a geotechnical report, I believe. we are pulling together a web page um, on the county's website to keep the community apprised of our progress um, as we pull different different things together. Um, also, we hope next year to get uh, the National Association of Mental Illness in Indiana to come and work with us on um, using a, a what's called a Sims model. To um, gee, that's not our screen. I wonder what's going on here in front of us. Sorry. Um, to look for gaps that we have here in the community so that we can start to work on filling those gaps, uh, especially with regard to uh, treatment for mental illness and substance use disorders. Um, And the connection that we have with the criminal justice, those have with the criminal justice system. I will say too that last Thursday and Friday, uh, we had Jamie Whittaker down from Mental Health of America, Indiana. He is the forensics, uh, program vice president for that group, and he was here to talk with us about the Integrated Reentry and Correctional Support Program. (laughs) Finally remembered that one. Uh, And uh, trying to get that here into our community. So we'll be moving forward on that. We have to create um, some other entities to make that possible. Uh, And finally, we have planned a visit to the new Jefferson County Jail. This jail is not yet open, but it will be soon. And uh, we have invited to go along with us some of our the county staff, as well as members of the sheriff's department and the county council. So um, this is just part of our due diligence in terms of what we think we would like to see in a jail. Later,
4: personnel administrator Elizabeth Sensenstein asked the commissioners to approve the 2024 Anthem Medical Plan Summary for the Monroe County employees.
6: This is the annual renewal of our Anthems stuff um so the 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 first uh there's many pages the first several of those are the benefit summaries so they just outline all of the coverage for each of our plans none of that has changed from from what you had approved last year uh and then i think the the next item after that is the stop loss agreement. Um, and so that's just our uh, the stop loss is the the protection for us against those high claims. Um, and then the final thing for Anthem is the administrative services uh, agreement. Um, and that's for them to the the administrative costs for for managing our plan.
4: Commissioner Julie Thomas, thanks Sensenstein for the work that was done. Sensenstein highlighted the work of Commissioner's Administrator Angie Purdy for bargaining to keep the cost of insurance as stable as possible amidst rising costs.
1: I will just say that there is a lot of information. And what that tells me is that you all have spent a lot of time on this. And we appreciate the hard work that goes into finalizing all of these documents. So thank
3: you.
6: Yeah, I think I would give credit to Angie there for working with, um, with our benefit brokers at Apex to, you know, doing a good job at keeping our costs uh, from increasing too much. Um, I, I think in just in general, uh, uh, the insurance costs are going up more and more since COVID, and we've done a very good job of keeping things pretty much status quo.
4: The commissioners unanimously approved the medical plan summary. Next, the commissioners heard from County Attorney Jeff Cockerill about ordinance 2023 20, to 44 to amend Monroe County Code to include the collective bargaining agreement with highway workers.
7: When we were started the negotiations, we, we saw that our current code recognized the merit deputies and the, the jail collective bargaining agreement, but there wasn't anything uh, with the highway union in our Monroe County Code that recognized them. It was always done through the contract. Um, they indicated that they would prefer it in the code. I would I would prefer it in the code as well. So we just make sure we we have them all uniform and and uh, recognize them the same way. And so this is just kind of taking a couple of the provisions that were previously in our in our code, which says who's in the union, who and, and those kind of things, and just putting it and formally recognizing it in our Monroe County code.
4: The commissioners unanimously approved the ordinance. They also unanimously approved the bargaining agreement. The commissioners also approved a feasible study for the current jail. The agreement with RQAW was for $40,000 to study possible alternatives for the construction or reconstruction of the county jail. Cockerill explained what prompted the study.
7: And this is kind of a, a, an outcrop of two different ideas. One is when we got our jail studies back in, I think, 2021, we had public engagement meetings, but they weren't noticed as public hearings. And Indiana Code 3611819 requires a public hearing um, to, d- to discuss the feasibility. And those reports were also much broader than just the jail feasibility. Yeah. They included uh, some, you know, the, the courts, they included the community. And so it was it was much broader. And, it's 2023, and it just seems like society has changed more <laughs> since we since we contracted for that first uh, that first study to now than it had changed in, in my lifetime in that short of a period of span. Um, so, what we wanted to do is get a pure jail feasibility study um, that would comply with the code. Um, we wanted to use a vendor that was not the one we were chosen to utilize for. Uh, the, the the design of a new facility because uh, we had heard from the public and that there may be that they would consider that potentially a conflict of interest and we we don't want even the uh, appearance of impropriety in this. I think we, we we think and then when we get this back, we will have a public hearing to discuss it um, pursuant to the state code.
4: Commissioner Giffens asked how long it would take to complete the study. Cockerill explained that it is set to take two months. However, he noted that we are approaching the holiday season and it might take a little longer consequently.
1: And it looked like to me that this would be about two months for this to be completed.
7: I, I think typically that sounds about right, but you got to remember that the next two months involves a lot of time when people aren't working. So you've got Thanksgiving, you've got Christmas, you've got New Year's. So I don't want to hold them to two months. I'd rather they do a thorough job and get us a a report that has been well thought out and and reviewed everything as opposed to trying to push them through, you know, the the holidays to, to get something accomplished.
4: The agenda notes that after completion, the county will hold a public hearing on this feasibility study.
2: The next Monroe County Commissioner's Meeting will be held on November 1st. At the Bloomington Board of Public Works meeting on October 24th, the board heard a request for an abatement at 2501 East 8th Street from Housing and Neighborhood Development. Neighborhood Compliance Officer Rob Council.
8: This property is covered in litter. Um, I've submitted pictures for the packet that I'm sure you guys have taken a look at. Um, As I stated yesterday in the work session, um, the property owner just needs help. He needs help tackling this this mess. I spoke to him today. He admitted as much. He knows that it's a mental issue and uh, he has trouble addressing it. He's at the point where it's too big for him to solve. So I'm asking you tonight to approve my abatement for that property. I'd be happy to answer any questions you guys have.
2: Board member Elizabeth Karen asked if there is anything the city can do to further support the individual since they said they were struggling with mental health.
0: Council responded is there anything that Han can do or city departments can do to assist this gentleman with some of his mental health concerns? Because he is stating that this is a concern, and I'm just wondering if there's anything that we can do to be supportive in addition to just the monetary fines.
8: Yes, ma'am, um, and that's that's part of the history of this issue. Um, I've been working with him for the last year and a half on this. Great. Um, I have referred him to the Stride Center and also to Center Stone as far as getting some help there. Uh, he's he's kind of wishy-washy on whether or not he would accept it, but I'm going to keep trying to push for that. Um, we do have a pretty good working relationship, uh, this fellow and I. So,
2: Board President Kyla Cox Deckard asked if the resident was present to speak on the abatement. Council shared he was not in attendance. The board unanimously approved the abatement. The next Bloomington Board of Public Works meeting will be held on November 8th.
4: Up next, WFHB correspondent Elise Perry reported on a recent meeting of the Ellettsville Town Council. We turn to Perry for more.
9: At the Ellettsville Town Council meeting on October 23rd, the council discussed Ordinance 2023-15, a general obligation bond ordinance on property tax in Ellettsville, The general obligation bond would go towards funding a new maintenance facility. An advisor from Baker Tilly Municipal Advisors, Principal Matt Eckerley, was brought in to explain the intricacies of the ordinance and the impact the general obligation bond would have on property taxes.
10: When you layer on this proposed bond issue and the debt service levy for that You are seeing, uh, we're estimating a tax rate of of approximately 6.6 cents per $100 of assessed value or a difference of about 2.47 cents per $100 of assessed value. What does that mean to the average taxpayer, the median home value in Ellettsville? Uh, based on the most recent census data released, is was uh, $166,600. When you account for the homestead deduction, the supplemental homestead deduction, you apply that 2.4 cent or 2.47 cent difference to a net value of $77,090. That results in an annual impact of about $19.
9: Council President William Ellis clarified that this general obligation bond would be a continuation of a previous bond and said that due to the increase in new residential developments, residents likely won't see an increase in their property taxes. He explained this is because the town expects to establish $6 million worth of additional property tax assessment value, which will be added to the tax rolls in January of 2024.
1: We actually put that towards um, uh, some of our property tax assessments, and what we found is that the assessment growth that this new rate's going to impact is we have about $6 million worth of new assessment, new properties coming Mm -hmm. on. So the current taxpayers, they're really not going to see any on average. I mean, obviously you can't get it down to the micro level, but on average, they're not going to see any change from this because this is just flipping over an existing bond and that extra tax growth, the actual new construction that's finally getting on the tax rolls has lowered it
9: Eckerly responded, saying that the $19 increase only takes into account the current property values. He said that the addition of new property could take the burden off of current taxpayers. However, Eckerly said that it is not a guarantee that residents will not see any increases, due to there being a variety of factors that play into tax rates.
10: Obviously, there's different levers turning on different properties. And plus, you don't know what the tax rates are going to do for the county, the library, the school district. There's a lot of those gears, but when you're just isolating this.
9: Eckerley added that Baker Tilly will continue to monitor the town's assessed value as the town continues to grow.
10: Overall, that's what we're estimating. It, obviously, if you continue to see the assessed value growth in the community in, <clears throat> in future years, that's going to put additional downward pressure. Obviously, there's no guarantees on that front. But I did drive by a lot of new construction on my way into town today that looks like it's going to be assessed as of January 1 of 24. So we'll continue to monitor that as you're developing future budgets and completing additional financial plans and you know, see how all of this operates.
9: The ordinance was unanimously approved without council discussion or public comment. The next Ellettsville Town Council meeting will be held on November 6th.
4: In today's feature report, Dave Askins of the B-Square Bulletin reports on a potential consolidation of several city commissions. We turn to Askins for more.
3: The B-Square Bulletin sends out an emailed Morning Bulletin every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can sign up for the Morning Bulletin by visiting bsquarebulletin.com and clicking on the tab labeled Subscribe. Here's an entry from a recent edition. The headline to this little item is Merger of Commissions. On Wednesday, the Bloomington Traffic Commission made a recommendation to consolidate, into a single entity, three existing commissions. The Traffic Commission, Parking Commission, and Bicycle and Pedestrian Safety Commission. The new commission would be called the ATC, Advisory Transportation Commission. It's probably useful to know that in the wording of the draft ordinance, the acronym SS4A stands for Safe Streets for All. Consolidation of these commissions is an idea that I have heard mentioned ever since I started covering city government in 2019. I would guess any decision by the city council about merging those commissions would wait until next year, but it's conceivable that it might happen earlier The current impetus for consolidation stems from a request by the City Council's Special Committee on Council Processes to all Boards and Commissions to review their roles in the context of a consultant's report delivered a couple of years ago. That report recommends merging some Boards and Commissions. I have not researched the origin stories for the Traffic Commission and the Bicycle and Pedestrian Safety Commissions. I do know that the City Council's ordinance creating the Parking Commission in 2016 was vetoed by Bloomington Mayor John Hamilton, but overridden by the Council. That was Hamilton's first year in office. I think that some of the same questions that should be asked about creating a board or commission should be asked about creating new jobs or positions in city government. Kerry Thompson is almost certain to be Bloomington's next mayor starting in 2024. A few months ago, in an interview for Bloom magazine, I asked her about the idea of creating some specific new positions, like a director of climate response. Her answer was, quote, my hope is that we can have a conversation before we get to budget hearings on what work needs to get done, and how can we best do that for the city? My takeaway from that quote can be phrased as a question, what work Needs to get done. Even while the question of merging boards and commissions is considered, I think that question should be the lodestar. Maybe not all the work that needs to get done can be covered by a new consolidated board or commission. And I think that might be okay. There could be other ways to accomplish that important work. But holding ourselves accountable means asking, are we actually getting the work done? That's way different from asking, do we have a board commission or committee for that? Until next week, this has been Dave Askins with the B-Square Bulletin for WFHB.
2: Up next, we rebroadcast episode 34 of Lil Bub's Little Show a co-production between the WFHB Local News and Little Bub's Big Fund. We now turn to that segment.
0: Welcome to Lil' Bub's Lil' Show, a weekly co-production from WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We highlight adoptable animals with special needs in South Central Indiana, and spotlight topics to promote human animal welfare. First, here's today's featured animal. Today's featured pet comes from our local Bloomington, Indiana animal shelter. We've featured him before, but this sweet senior cat is still looking for his forever home. We know the right person is out there. Bubby is an amazing and affectionate 15 year old cat. He loves chin scratches and will drool the tiniest bit when he's really feeling them. He brings joy to the shelter staff caring for him who love him and know that you would too. Bubby is diabetic and will need insulin and monitoring for this condition and shelter staff are ready to show you what care he needs. If you're looking for a gentle senior cat who just needs a warm bed to rest his weary bones, Bubby would be the perfect fit for you. If you'd like to adopt Bubby, but are concerned about the cost of his ongoing care, please reach out to Little Bub's Big Fund by emailing me at stacy@littlebub.com. That's S-T-A-C-Y at L-I-L-B-U-B dot com. If you're interested in adopting today's featured pet, you can learn more at our websites, goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. You're listening to Lil' Bub's Lil' Show, a co-production of WFHB and Lil' Bub's Big Fund. We now turn to this week's featured topic.
5: Have you ever thought about fostering an animal Foster families greatly enhance the lives of the animals housed at Bloomington Animal Care and Control. The purpose of the foster program is to provide a temporary home for companion animals who may have special needs, are youngsters under the age of eight weeks, do not show well in a kennel situation, but are otherwise deemed adoptable, are purebreds awaiting placement in a breed rescue or are in need of additional training to improve their chances of finding a lifelong home. The foster program combined with off-site adoption events and transports to other shelters alleviates space issues at the shelter, thereby decreasing euthanasia and increasing adoptions. Foster guardians provide a humane environment founded on quality food, fresh water, reasonable shelter, affection, and attention. They also provide basic training using positive methods transportation of the foster companion animal to off site adoption events, transportation to the shelter for clients interested in adopting the animal and regular and timely updates on the status of the animal. To learn more about becoming a foster guardian, please visit the shelter's website at bloomington.in.gov backslash animal-shelter backslash foster.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Lil Bub's Lil Show on WFHB. Produced in partnership with Lil Bub's Big Fund. For more info on today's featured animal and topic, find us online at goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org.
2: You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Ashley Voss, Annika Harshberger, LZ Perry, and Noelle Herhusky-Schneider in partnership with CATS Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Dave Askins. Low Bubs Low Show is a co production
4: by Christine Brackenoff and Stacey Budovsky. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Kate Young. For WFHB, I'm
2: Ashley Voss. And I'm Monica Harshbarger. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer powered, listener supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at WFHB.org. The
4: WFHB local news is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters, W-F-H-B, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to never miss another local news program.